We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. This is the LakersNation.com podcast. It is game day. Lakers versus Nuggets. Here we go. Game one of the Western Conference Finals. Only four teams remaining in the entire NBA. We started with 30. We're down to four. Lakers, Nuggets. We're going to see which team earns a trip to the finals. We've got a lot to get into today. I do have some fan questions and comments to dive into. But before I get to that... I want to break down what I see as three key factors in this series, three key things that we need to keep an eye on moving in. Now, one of the things that, before I get into my three keys, one of the things that I want everybody to remember is to keep a very open mind. What we've seen in these playoff series is that sometimes it's out-of-the-box thinking that helps pave the way to victory. I mean, look at what Golden State did, right? Putting Gary Payton II into their lineup, and that seemed to help. That uh, threw a wrench at the Lakers and their plans. The Lakers responding by putting Dennis Schroeder into their starting five. We've seen the Lakers go to different schemes, different styles, do a lot of different stuff here in order to try to adjust to the adjustments. So even as we do the best that we can to predict what we expect to see in this series, and as much as I see this series as kind of a straight up, at least from the Denver perspective, matchup series. Like I expect that Jamal Murray's probably going to defend D'Angelo Russell. Catavius Caldwell Pope's probably going to defend Austin Reeves. Maybe they swap, but the guards are going to defend the guards. Their forwards are going to defend their forwards. Their, their bigs are going to defend their bigs. Like that's just the way it's going to go. Jokic probably defends Anthony Davis. If not, maybe it's Aaron Gordon, but I don't think we're going to start out with a lot of cross-matching in this series. Not quite the way that we saw in Golden State, where Anthony Davis is defending Gary Payton the second and stuff like that that we saw going on. I don't think we're going to see quite as much of that, even going back to the Memphis series, where you had AD not defending Jaron Jackson Jr. instead, uh, spending most of his time acting as a roamer off of a player like an Xavier Tillman, sometimes even Dylan Brooks, uh, so he could stay in the middle of the floor. I don't think we're going to see a ton of that in this series. But even so, even so, Mike Malone, Darvin Ham, these guys have proven themselves, and Malone, obviously, over more years, to be very smart coaches. Uh, Darvin, I think, has been getting better and better and better all season. I like a lot of the adjustments that he's made during the postseason, and now it's going to be on them to pull out some new tricks as this series goes along. So again, I'm prefacing heading into this series uh, and looking at some of the keys going in as a way of saying, look, this may change. The things that we see as keys to the series right now may shift to some degree as we get into it. Because remember, teams are going to adjust. 
and they're going to adjust to those adjustments and back and forth we go and they're going to do everything they can to try to throw different looks at their opponent things they're not expecting when you play a team four five six seven times right you're going to start getting used to what they're throwing at you and so you have to start mixing it up instead of just throwing your fastball every time next thing you know you got to mix in a few curveballs you got to mix in the changeup. that's what these teams are going to start to do so Occasionally, we're going to see things that we weren't anticipating. I mean, look, Lonnie Walker was a catalyst for the Lakers last series and getting past the Golden State Warriors. In fact, you could say that maybe they don't get past Golden State without Lonnie Walker, who wasn't part of the rotation prior to that. You just never know with the postseason. So that is, before I even get into my three keys, something that's really important to remember just in playoff series in general. It's keep an open mind because you never know what it is that we are going to see, especially as the series goes on and teams become more desperate to throw looks that the opponent is not preparing for at them. All right. As I said, I've got some keys to the series that we need to get into. I do have some fan questions and comments. Before I start on that, though, quick reminder, make sure you subscribe right here to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. If you're listening to the podcast version, follow over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to podcasts. We love getting those five-star ratings and reviews over on Apple Podcasts. Great, very easy way to help out the show. Then over on the YouTube channel, smash that like button. Also a nice way to help boost the, the video, get us out there more. We certainly do appreciate that. Uh, we will be live on Playback tonight, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. Uh, if you want to come watch Lakers Nuggets game one with us, we'll be there going through the whole thing, calling the game, all of that. So come hang out with us while we watch the Lakers take on the Denver Nuggets. Fingers crossed. Can they start the series the same way they started the last two? And that is with a road win. All right. My three things that we need to keep an eye on. I, the first thing is the first thing, right? When I think last series, it was LeBron against Steph, right? That's what everybody's talking about. And let's face it. Look, Anthony Davis has been, he's been the Lakers guy. He's been the one a guy. Take nothing away from LeBron. LeBron was fantastic, particularly in game six. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. LeBron was fantastic in game six, did essentially everything we could have asked for him to do in that game, cut down on the three point shots, lived at the rim, played bully ball, set the tone on both ends of the floor. He was tremendous, but the Lakers are going to go as far as Anthony Davis takes them. This series is about Anthony Davis and Nikola Jokic. And if you are a fan of the old school center versus center battles, Think about like Shaq versus Akeem back in the day. Um, these are the types of, you want to go Patrick Ewing, Alonzo Mourning, right? And these are, this is kind of the new age, new era version of that, right? You're going to get two of the best. <laughs> I hesitate to call them centers. I, I mentioned this on Twitter earlier and I said, these are two of the best centers in the NBA. And some people took offense to calling Anthony Davis a center. No, he's a power forward. He's a power. The Lakers just playing him at center. He's a power forward. Okay. He's played 90, literally 99% of his minutes at center this season. I'm going to call him a center, but regardless, um, these are two of the best bigs in the NBA period going at each other. Two of the best period going at each other in this matchup. And so the key here, can Anthony Davis negate Nikola Jokic? Now that is not me saying can Anthony Davis stop Nikola Jokic? Because the answer to that question is no. No, he can't. But the answer is the same when I talk about any superstar. Can anybody stop Steph Curry? No, you can't. Can anybody stop? I mean, Jason Tatum in game seven. Was anybody going to stop him? No, 
right? Is anybody going to stop Jimmy Butler? No, you're not stopping these guys. What you can do is hope to make them a little bit more efficient. But even that's not really what I'm referencing here. When I say, can Anthony Davis negate Nikola Jokic? What I mean is, can Anthony Davis give you enough value on the floor, enough production on the floor on both ends, just in total value that he brings to the team to balance out the massive, massive value that Jokic brings, the massive positive production that he brings to the Denver Nuggets. And look, that's a tall task. This guy is a two-time MVP for a reason. Could have made an argument that he should have been a three-time MVP this season. He is tremendous. But we've also said it. When Anthony Davis is at his best, when he's at his best, he just may be an MVP-level player himself. So I think a key to this series is for Anthony Davis. I don't want to say he needs to be the best big man in the series, but he needs to be a 1A and 1B with Jokic. And perhaps as just the best player in the series, period. He needs to be right there with him. If AD can balance out the production of Jokic, and again, I'm not saying he's putting up the same stats every night, but can you get the same, same amount of positive production on the floor in terms of getting stops on defense? Jokic is going to be doing things on offense. Can you get enough out of AD so that it becomes, okay, AD cancels out Jokic. Then it becomes, all right, LeBron, Austin, D'Lo, Jared Vanderbilt, right? Maybe Lonnie Walker is still in the mix. Rui Hachimura, Dennis. What can those guys do against Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., our old friend KCP, Aaron Gordon, right? That Bruce Brown off the bench. You know, they've got guys, Jeff Green, what does it look like then? Then does the fact that you have LeBron, who's the best of the, the next best player, right? If you were to rank all the players in the series, the Lakers have Jokic is going to be seen as the best player, and rightfully so, but the Lakers have number two and number three in Anthony Davis and LeBron James. If AD can play at the level of Jokic, can having the next best player in LeBron, can that give you an advantage? And again, it requires the Nuggets not to have any kind of an edge by having Jokic over AD. Tall, tall task for Anthony Davis to ask him to play to that level, but he's also capable of it. I also think what's really interesting about this series is it's such, it's such a styles clash in terms of where each team is really good. There's a lot of similarities between these two teams, but I think that the, the differences between Anthony Davis and Nikola Jokic are also spread out to become the differences between these two teams. If you look at right now, in the postseason, Denver has the best offensive rating in the NBA. The Lakers have the best defensive rating in the NBA. So you have the best offensive team going up against the best defensive team. Fire and ice, if you will. Which one will win that battle? Anthony Davis has been, I think, the best defensive player in the playoffs been the best defensive player in the playoffs. Nikola Jokic may well be the best offensive player in the playoffs. So again, you've got the Lakers defense going up against the Nuggets offense. And can Anthony Davis do enough to negate what Nikola Jokic is going to bring on that end of the floor? That's going to be something to keep an eye on. Of course, we're going to be watching the matchups. Does AD simply match minutes with Jokic? If not, who's defending Jokic when Anthony Davis is not on the floor? Do the Lakers try 
some wrinkles where they even put AD on somebody else like an Aaron Gordon and let him roam. That's where they've really found success. If you look at what they did against Golden State, putting Anthony Davis uh, on guys that they didn't see as scoring threats, including Gary Payton II, and that worked to some degrees over some plays where it didn't work. Um, they put him on guys that they feel like he doesn't have to defend as much, like Xavier Tillman uh, with the, the Memphis Grizzlies, Dylan Brooks with the Grizzlies, guys that, again, you don't have to defend that much. That lets AD be a bit more of a roamer. Do we see that? Do we see Anthony Davis on Aaron Gordon a bit? And if you're going to do that, who do you put on Jokic? Who do you put on? Even if AD is coming from the weak side, who do you put on? Is it Vanderbilt? Can Vando just be enough of a pest and maybe deny the entry pass into Jokic a bit? Remember, they're going to run Jokic through a lot of screens and things like that. So can Vando chase enough on Jokic and then have AD coming over as the secondary defender? I mean, that's a terrifying help defender when it's Anthony Davis. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Lakers play this. And right now, I know a lot of Lakers fans are wishing that the Lakers still had a 2020 version of Dwight Howard to throw at Nikola Jokic. Me too. Me too. Because I'm not going to trust Mobamba to defend Jokic at this point. He is still dealing with that ankle issue. It is still a problem. Um, he's still getting treatment on it. I don't know that he's healthy enough to go right now. So I know a lot of people just point to Mobamba and say, oh, Mobamba, that's the that's the solution. I don't know if he's able to actually go right now. Um, so then what? Is it Wenyan Gabriel, who's 205 pounds? I love Wenyan Gabriel, but that's tough. Is it Tristan Thompson? Honestly, if it's between, look, if it's break glass in case of emergency, I need, I need somebody to go be a body on Jokic. I'm probably trusting Tristan Thompson over Wenyan simply because of the physicality, the strength factor. But neither one of those are, are good solutions. So does this become Anthony Davis simply has to match minutes with Nikola Jokic all game long? Might be tiring, but ultimately, can AD negate what Nikola Jokic is going to bring? All right, second point, second key to this series. Um, can LeBron hit that game six level four times, essentially? I think that's what you're going to need. You know, the Nuggets, and I'm going to talk about this in just a minute, they are a very disciplined team. They're a very disciplined team. They don't beat themselves, right? They take care of the ball in very key ways. They take care of some very key stats that we tend to look at. They're, they excel in areas that end up mattering a lot and tend to get overlooked, but they're very good in ways that often get overlooked. So can you get that hyper-efficient Game 6 version of LeBron at least four times. Because that's probably what you're going to need to win this series. And I'm talking about the Game 6 LeBron that was getting everything going to the basket, that wasn't settling for threes, wasn't taking nine threes and hitting two of them. Instead, he was two for three from deep. Didn't force any outside shots. We didn't see as much of the fadeaway from three jumper. Didn't see that. Instead, we saw LeBron that was getting to the rim, playing bully ball, taking Andrew Wiggins into the post and saying, I'm bigger than you and str I'm stronger than you. You can't stop me. Can we get LeBron doing that to Aaron Gordon? Can we get LeBron doing that to Michael Porter Jr., doing that to Jeff Green? Are we going to be able to see that at least four times in this series? And look, at 38 years old, with a foot injury that very clearly is bothering him, has diminished his explosiveness, I don't know what the answer to that is. I, I hope the answer is yes, because I think the Lakers are going to need it. 
I think the Lakers are going to, in order to win this series, as I said, you need number one, you need Anthony Davis to cancel out Nikola Jokic. You're going to need LeBron to be definitively the next best player in the series. Definitively the next best player in the series. So again, you've got AD and Jokic. They can go mano a mano and kind of cancel each other out. Um, you need LeBron to be in a tier of his own right there with AD and significantly better than Jamal Murray, essentially. That's what we're looking at. So can LeBron be that guy for at least four games in this series? That's what you're going to need in order to advance. Remember, the Lakers right now, as mind-blowing as this is, they are eight wins away from an NBA championship, from number 18. They're going to have to go through Denver to get there. They're probably going to have to go through Boston to get there as well, who are the heavy, heavy favorites against the Miami Heat. My goodness, what a battle that would be. Lakers-Celtics in the finals if we do get that. But remember, the Lakers are the underdog in this series. The Denver Nuggets are actually a fairly strong favorite to beat the Lakers, and for good reasons. They've been very good in a lot of areas. I think the way that you close some of that gap is with LeBron raising his level of play even more and getting to that Game 6 level that we saw more often. More often, getting that version of LeBron James. All right, last thing that I've got. I mentioned that Denver is a team that's very good in some really key indicators. So can the Lakers turn Denver over? Can they force them to be a higher turnover team? See, here's the thing. The Denver Nuggets are shooting 37.9% from three in the postseason. Pretty good. It's pretty solid. Now, they don't take nearly as many threes as the Golden State Warriors do. Of course not. But they shoot pretty well from three. Guess what, though? During the regular season, they shot 37.9% from three. The exact same. The exact same. So I can say with some confidence, that's just who they are. That's just who they are. They are going to have an advantage in terms of three-point efficiency over the Lakers. So you can't look at this and say, well, is Denver due for regression from three? And that's going to help. No, probably not. They're going to they're gonna have an advantage there. They're going to be able to hit a higher percentage of their threes, most likely, than, than the Lakers do. Short series, you never know. Small sample size, but they should have an advantage there. Um, but they're also really good in a few other areas. For example, in terms of opponents' second-chance points, they're number one in the postseason because they're not turning the ball over. They don't turn the ball over. They are number one in turnovers in the postseason right now. Number one in turnovers. Now, they also don't give up much in terms of points off of turnovers. Well, obviously, when you're not turning the ball over very much, then you're not going to give up much in the way of points off of turnovers. But they're very good at minimizing their own mistakes. In fact, they give up the fewest second chance points, and this is key, of any team in the playoffs. They don't give up very many offensive rebounds. They don't give up second chance points. They're not turning the ball over right now. Again, they're giving up the fewest turnovers of any team in the postseason. They shoot efficiently from three. They do all the little things to help you win games. Now, when you look at who they've played, okay, they've played Minnesota. Minnesota can be pretty good attacking the offensive glass, getting second-chance points. But that was also a pretty exhausted Minnesota team. And they played Phoenix. And Phoenix was pretty beat up. Phoenix didn't provide a lot defensively. So when you look at Denver being the top offensive team uh, in the postseason so far, is that some of that a symptom of playing a Phoenix defense that, frankly, was not 
is not great. Probably. Yeah. That's probably something that we have to, we have to factor in here. I mean, the Phoenix Suns had the 13th out of 16 in terms of defensive rating. So when I look at all the little things that the Nuggets do well, that help them win games. And it's a lot, this is a very good team. I think the one where the Lakers can make some ground up in it's the turnovers. So the Nuggets have chopped three turnovers per game off their total from the regular season going into the postseason. They committed 14 and a half turnovers per game in the regular season, just 11 and a half in the postseason. And that that is impressive. I mean, look, the postseason defense kicks it up a notch. Things get a little more hectic. And yet the Nuggets have found ways to turn the ball over even less. Now, they only have an eight man rotation. So maybe that's part of it. But again, this is a team that is doing a great job at all the little things that you need in order to win. Limiting second chance scoring opportunities, not turning the ball over, not giving up points in, tra in transition and things like that. They're doing a nice job in a lot of areas. And again, a lot of it is because they're not turning it over. So can the Lakers turn Denver over? Can they get them to go back to being a 14 and a half turnover per, per game team? Because that... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Just because you wrestle alligators for a living doesn't mean you should have the skin of one. Say goodbye to dry and cracked skin with Old Spice Super Hydration Body Wash with Vitamin B3. Made for 24-7 renewing moisturization with daily use. With scents of vanilla and shea, people will think you've taken up candle making as one of your hobbies. And there is nothing wrong with that. Old Spice Super Hydration Body Wash. Shop Old Spice now could be the key beyond the Anthony Davis stuff beyond the LeBron stuff beyond. Hey, can this team shoot? Well, can this team do that? Can the Lakers turn the nuggets over? It's so, so critical because this Lakers offense, they're at their best when they're in transition. If they can get some extra live ball turnovers that the nuggets, they've been great at preventing those so far in the postseason. If the Lakers can get them to turn the ball over and that Lakers defense again is number one in terms of defensive rating in the postseason. Can this very difficult Lakers defense, get the Nuggets to turn the ball over enough to ignite the Lakers' own offense. It's not just about the turnover. It's about what it means for your offensive opportunities, what it means in terms of getting the Nuggets into scramble mode, getting switches, at the very least, getting into semi-transition, if not a full-on fast break and scoring that way. Can the Lakers' defense turn the Nuggets over? That's going to be critical. This has been one of the biggest leaps the Nuggets have made from the regular season into the postseason. It's cutting three turnovers off of their per game average. Can the Lakers have them regress to being a 14 and a half turnover per game team? That would go a long way towards making this Denver team much more beatable. All right. 
let's get into some of our fan questions and comments here. Got a number of them to talk about. And Warren said, LeBron is the GOAT. 39 and 9. Year 20, age 38. The experts can eat crow. So I posted a video over on uh, my Instagram, at Trevor Lane NBA, as well as on my Twitter feed, uh, at Trevor underscore Lane. Our guy Lincoln did a tremendous job editing this. Um, of all the, the talking heads that were saying the Lakers are going to lose, the Lakers are bad, all this kind of stuff, and then all the clips of where the Lakers were dominating the Warriors. Yeah, there were a lot of experts who said this Lakers team's not going to get it done. They're not going to beat Golden State. Uh, some people were saying they're not going to beat Memphis, and yet here the Lakers are still standing, winning both series in six games, not having to go seven, winning in six games. And I honestly felt like in both series, games two and games five, in game five they were both situations where it felt like the Lakers kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit. I thought the Lakers definitively looked like the better team in both series. Hopefully that's something that continues to be true. But so far, those who have picked against the Lakers have looked foolish for doing so. Hopefully that continues. Super dope hip hop. My guy said, Braun, wow. Can't lie. I didn't think he had that in him based on how he was moving in the playoffs post injury, uh, post foot injury. 39 and nine, three stocks on 14 shots. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, Lonnie Walker were huge. Absolutely. Indeed. All those guys were huge in game six and they're all going to be critical, critical for the Lakers in this series against the Denver Nuggets. Vortex, eight more to go. La five rings and then one more to tie MJ. Well, that would be fantastic, but let, let's worry about getting this one first. It's going to be difficult enough. Again, the Celtics right now, as gross as it is, they are the heavy favorite to win the NBA finals. Philly, what did you do? Philly, you blew it in game six. You had your chance. You knew once it went to seven, it wasn't going to go Philly's way. Game six, they had their chance. They blew it. And now, because of the Philadelphia 76ers and their game six performance, they may have put us on the dark timeline. Let's hope the Lakers can prevent that apocalyptic world from coming to pass where the Celtics win an 18th championship. Uh, Jobin said, Memphis defense and Warriors offense equals Nuggets. Need Rui. Go Zags. It is interesting because if you're the Lakers, you've played a really good defensive team in Memphis. You've played a really good offensive team in the Warriors. By the way, how crazy is it that the Lakers have the best defensive rating in the postseason and they played the Warriors? The Warriors, this explosive offense that can just rain fire from three, and yet the Lakers still have the best defensive rating in the playoffs. That's pretty remarkable. That is pretty remarkable. Um, as far as the defense and offense thing, yeah, Denver is just very, very well-rounded. They're not the best defensive team, but they're good. They're good. They are the best offensive team in terms of efficiency. Offensive rating, they are number one right now. So we'll see if the Lakers can do enough defensively in order to uh, take the, the Nuggets out of what it is they're trying to get. Again, they went against a Wolves team that was pretty run down uh, completely exhausted, and then they went against a Phoenix team that's just not good defensively. So the Nuggets' offense had a lot of opportunities to kind of shine because they were going against poor defensive teams. Now they're going up against the best, the best defensive team in the postseason. We'll see what the Lakers can do there. By the way, I, I should note, as of right now, uh, Jamal Murray is listed as questionable for Game 1 due to illness. I'm assuming he plays. I, I wouldn't think he he's questionable, but 
if you're the Lakers, you have to assume he's playing in game one. I uh, can't see any way that he doesn't. And then uh, the Lakers actually, as I was recording this, just released that Mobamba is out for game one, still dealing with that ankle. So as I was mentioning before, I don't know that he's even healthy enough to turn to. Does that mean maybe we see Tristan Thompson a little bit? Or is it simply anytime Jokic is on the floor, Anthony Davis has to be. Maybe that's the solution. Jared Chalker. Starting the year at the roster we had was a fireable offense. Now we're going to the Western Conference Finals. We're here. I've been super critical of AD for the whole year. Y'all prepared for some crow for me to eat. AD means astronomical defense. Yeah, look, AD has been the best defensive player in the postseason. He went head-to-head with the defensive player of the year in Jaron Jackson Jr. and proved that Triple J is not on the same tier defensively as AD. It's not close. Uh, he has been phenomenal phenomenal alfonso said lakers are seven and one in the playoffs when delo has 15 points yeah if you can get an efficient that's the key it's not just 15 points it's efficient 15 points from d'angelo russell if you can get him shooting six for eight right with a couple of threes in there and some trips to the free throw line six for nine hell six for ten right if you can get that that's great what you what you can't have is d'angelo russell shoot i don't know five for 18 or something like that, right? Six for 18 and getting there that way. That's not enough. You need an efficient D'Angelo Russell. And if he can put up 15 plus points, yes, it does make the Lakers very difficult to beat because you're getting that extra scoring burst. But the most important part is that it's got to be efficient. Super Juan said, great job, Lakers. Very impressed with LeBron's free throw game going perfect from the line, multiple games. He has been, again, if you're LeBron, you're 38, you see what's in front of you. You know there's not going to be that many opportunities for you to do this again. You're 38 years old. If you're going to win another championship, this may wind up being your best shot. Hopefully not, but it's possible that this is the, the best shot for the LeBron Lakers to win another championship. He's got to approach it as such and be locked in. And so far he has been. He's been very locked in in this series. Uh, Josh Bryant. Said, thank you, Jermichael Green, for saying LeBron was capping about flopping. It's pretty quiet from the Warriors fans now. See ya. Yeah, now we need somebody to do it for the Denver side. And I think it might be KCP, who's already made some comments about LeBron not having as much energy or something like that as usual. Poke the bear. Please poke the bear. Please do. Jamel said, great team win. Way to be aggressive, LeBron. Western Conference Finals, here we come. Andrew, LeBron controlled the pace at so many points in this game and set the tone early. Austin Reeves played like a star. AD's defense was ferocious. Ham haters apologize. Can you get, and this has been one of my keys just in general for the Lakers to win games, can you get at least two of D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, Dennis Schroeder to play good basketball? And I think in the Golden State series, that didn't really hold true because you needed all three of them to play well because all three of them were on the floor a lot because that, that was a small series. Uh, I think that this is going to be a big series in terms of the size of the lineups against Denver. And so I don't think you're going to see as much of the three-guard lineup as we saw in the previous series, which means, again, you go back to can you get above-average games out of at least two of out of those three? That's going to be important. Austin Reeves, can he keep it up? Can he continue to be efficient? Can you continue to get to the free throw line? The Denver Nuggets get to the free throw line a lot as well. Not quite as much as the Lakers do, but it's not nearly the advantage that they have over the Gold State Warriors, where the Warriors were terrible at getting to the line, terrible at defending without fouling. 
Meanwhile, the Lakers are the best at getting to the line and the best at defending without fouling. So they got a big free throw advantage because of that. Um, you're not going to see the same thing in this Denver series. Kyle Roberts, I know I'm pumped. Great win, positive vibes. But can I just say, I think we're the worst team on last second shots at the end of quarters. So frustrating. You mean giving up last second shot? Because Austin did hit a three from half court at the end of the, the, uh, the second quarter, heading into halftime. But yeah, they do give those up. Here's the thing, though. I think every team's fan base feels that way because those are always so frustrating and so painful that they stand out a ton. And so it's always like, man, it always happens to us. No, we just remember it because it's extra painful. Uh, Abatoro said, trend I noticed every game six, LeBron wears LeBron twos. He has a vintage performance. Okay. So is it the shoes? Black Panther. LeBron put on that Superman cape tonight. He's the king. Uh, Goatman said, Goat James. Tonight just proved LeBron's been saving himself for situations when he absolutely needs to be on ball. Um, yeah, look, I think that LeBron was phenomenal in game six. I, if he is pacing himself at all, I don't think that he can do that anymore. I think you need him at the peak of his powers, whatever that is currently with his foot being what it is at his age, you need him at his very best from here on out. If you're going to get to where you want to go, if you're going to get past Denver, you need LeBron at his best. Reed, the Lakers are the first team to beat Golden State with them not being in the finals. Yep. The only team to beat Golden State in the Western Conference. Uh, Zoel said, this is what it sounds like when dubs cry. I like that. I, I appreciate a good pun. And that is a good one. I am a dad after all, but. So I am all for dad jokes and all that, but that's pretty good. This is what it sounds like when dubs cry. Well done, my friend. Very well done. I love it. I love it. Ariel said, we beat the team of the future. We beat the team with a dynasty these past eight years. Now we beat the current best in the West. That's right. That's who you're going up against. The number one seed in the Western Conference, the team that over the course of the season was the best in the West. Can the Lakers as the seventh seed take them down? Seven, why did LeBron hug Draymond at the end of the game? I get the respect between them, but Dre was pretty bad in his defense. Yeah, I mean, for some players, it's once the game is over, then you're all on the same side. Right? I mean, like Steph Curry, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Steph um, signed a jersey for Lonnie Walker and put on there something to the effect of, I'll never forgive you for what you did in game four, you know, something like that. But it's all in, in good fun, right? Saying keep it up and, and all of that. A lot of these guys are friends. A lot of these guys work out together, hang out together in the offseason. We know Draymond, you know, clutch sports, all that, all that stuff. So um, it wasn't a surprise that he that he hugged him. It's it's kind of like, look, if you can watch a UFC fight and two guys that are before the fight saying all kinds of horrible things to each other and looking like they absolutely want to kill each other, and then the second the fight is over, they've made up and they're hugging. You can certainly see it in the NBA as well. Once the game is over and you can switch off that competitive side, you can go and say, okay, we're, we're friends again. Everything's all right. Um, and maybe that's kind of anti the nostalgic NBA, right? goes against our, our fond memories of these rivalries where teams legitimately hated each other, right? We go back to like the Lakers and the Celtics in the eighties. Um, you don't see that quite as much anymore. But 
I thought the Lakers and the Warriors seemed like they didn't like each other on the court. I don't have a problem if once the game is over, they're, you know, hugging and giving respect and stuff like that. Look, I mean, Dennis and, and Draymond went at each other in this series multiple times. And Dennis wound up getting ejected, uh, I thought, incorrectly from game six as a result. But then Draymond and Dennis are both giving each other praise on Instagram afterwards. Once the game's over, cool, you can be friends. But during the game, it's all about winning. All about winning. 209 Mamba. The four teams in the 2020 Western Conference and Eastern Conference Finals are, are still currently active. I never want to hear the term Mickey Mouse ring again, shaking my head. You're going to hear that from Lakers haters. That's what you're going to hear. Look, I remember it vividly because I had to still do shows when there, I was doing a basketball show when there was no basketball being played. I don't know. Some of you listening and watching may remember these shows from the pandemic when we spent the bulk of the show just checking in. How's everybody doing? How are we processing things? How are we handling everything? All of that. We had no basketball to talk about. I mean, good Lord, we were watching Korean League baseball at one point. Like, that was the thing. We were all excited because Korean League baseball was on. Because there were no other sports. Everything was shut down. This was nearly unanimously around the NBA. The general consensus was this ring is going to count just like any other ring because we were all so starved for sports. Nobody dared say otherwise. Of course, this is going to count. Of course, it's going to be legitimate. Of course, everybody's dealing with the same thing. Look, the teams that were at the top, they lost home court advantage anyway. If anything, their path to a title just got harder. It was only once the Lakers won that suddenly it became, oh, bubble ring, whatever, right? Just like before the playoffs started, it was the Lakers could have to go through Portland and Houston and the Clippers. The Lakers might be staring down the most difficult playoff path ever in history, in history. Now, obviously, we know the Lakers didn't wind up playing the Clippers. They wound up playing these Denver Nuggets. Why? Why was that again? I'm trying to remember what happened. Oh, the Clippers blew a 3-1 series lead. That's right. Such a fond memory. Um, but still, it was amazing how as soon as the Lakers got through the West, the narrative instantly flipped to, oh, this was such an easy path to the finals. They just coasted all that. Yeah, they coasted because they were that damn good. Not because the path suddenly got easier or something like that. No, everybody was calling it this path the Lakers would never get through because it was the most difficult ever. It's winter, and you can now get almost anything you need for the coldest months of the year delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a ski slope delivered, but you can get dish soap delivered. Sunshine, that's a no. But a bottle of wine, that's a yes. A snow angel, sorry, no, but angel hair pasta. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol and select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence. And the Lakers tore through it. And then they're in the finals. And they're going up against the Miami Heat. And it was, oh, well, the Heat probably shouldn't have made it. They're not really that good and everything. Okay. 
the Lakers win it and it becomes, well, bubble championship. It doesn't really count. Why? Because people hate the Lakers. That's the way it goes. Comes with the territory of having 17 championships, of having beating up on teams for a lot of years. You wind up with a lot of enemies. So what happens? And although this series was about Lakers for refs and Warriors too. So Warriors fans hate the refs and think that the refs gave the series to the Lakers because of the free throw discrepancy. I've been saying a ton. You should expect when you have the team that's the best at defending without fouling and the best at getting to the free throw line going up against the team that is the worst at both of those things, you should expect a big free throw discrepancy. Still, Warriors fans are complaining, saying the refs were awful. Um, I thought game two and game five were officiated very poorly. Game five in particular was awful. Just really, really bad. One-sided as I'll get out. Other than that, I didn't have much of a problem with how the series was officiated. Um, now you can say, well, you shouldn't have a problem because the Lakers had a big free throw advantage and enjoyed that. But still, I go back and I watch these games. Like I've got people still from the Warriors side that are in my mentions and stuff saying, saying, oh, this has never happened. There was such a big free throw discrepancy and, da, 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 and this number and that number and all that. Watch the game. Like, number one, you should expect the big free throw discrepancy. But number two, watch the game. Did you see very many times where you thought, oh, the Warriors fouled the Lakers or the Lakers are shooting free throws and they shouldn't be? No, the Warriors were fouling the Lakers a ton constantly. Again, that's not going to happen here against the Denver Nuggets. It's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same advantage. And that's going to be something for the Lakers to try to figure out. All right, we'll do a few more. Arun said, wins aside, Sean and Trev, thank you for your contributions. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, NGM said, bye-bye, Warriors. Warriors-Lakers rivalry is finally here. We kicked their ass, he said. Yeah, I mean, knocked them out in six. Didn't even have to go to seven to send home the defending champs. Take that. Tactical Farmer, me nervous at half. Uh, me after on Twitter, getting all the receipts. Yep. Uh, Devin said, I stuck by Darvin all year long. So happy for him. Darvin, again, I think he's gotten better and better. And that's to his credit. Uh, there were moments where he struggled. There were moments where fans were frustrated with him, and rightfully so, this past season. But I think that as the season has gone on, he's gotten better and better and better. Month by month, he's improved and improved and improved. And now you've had two series in a row where you would have predicted the opponent to have a coaching advantage over the Lakers, and it has not proven to be true in either case, against Memphis or against Golden State. And when you don't have a coaching advantage and you're going up against Steve Kerr, that's pretty impressive. Right, Steve Kerr, that's won multiple NBA championships, and Darvin Ham more than held his own. Hopefully, he can continue to do so against a very good Denver coach now in Mike Malone. All right, Lakers Nation, thank you so much for joining me for this show. Give me your thoughts in the comments section. What do you think uh, about my keys to the series? Can the Lakers take down the Denver Nuggets? How many games are you going to do it in? And what do they have to do in order to get the job done? Let me know in the comments section if you're over on the podcast side, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Fire it off in the review section along with a five-star review, preferably. Till next time, everybody. See you for game one. See ya and stay safe. 
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.